The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblepodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here in the Sports Gambling Podcast. Network. It is currently Wednesday evening, June 7th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun one, but we are going to be doing something a bit different. We are going to be covering the women's semifinals because there is a day off in between the men's quarters and the men's semis. So once again, if you are expecting the men's semifinal breakdown, that will happen on Thursday night. But for the sake of the actual schedule, we, of course, want to keep the momentum going with the French Open, so we're not going to be taking a day off. We will be going through the women's semis and also recapping the tournament so far, but before we actually get into any of that, do want to recap how we did in the last episode in the men's quarters, and we crushed it because we ended up sweeping, ended up winning the lock and dog picks. The lock was rude on the money line at minus 125. I mentioned how the line I thought was pretty sketchy because Rune had just beaten Rude about a week or two ago, and Rude was favored in the rematch, and it seemed to be sketchy for a reason because Rude came out and buried Rune in the first two sets. Rune looked completely flat. Then Rune woke up a little bit, won a very, very fun third set, and then Rude got back on track and won the fourth. Also a fun set, but Rune, whether it was because of just physical issues or maybe just some fatigue in general, he basically punted the first two sets. So we had a two-set head start, and Rude finished it in four, which is also important because I mentioned during that match breakdown I was going to play it safe with the money line because of a possibility that maybe Rune withdrew or something if he got injured. But if you ended up backing my initial advice for the match and you took Rude to win with each player to win a set, that was available at plus 175 on bet 365. And you won that as well. And hopefully you ended up making money on that match. For the dog, we ended up cashing with the Alcaraz in straight sets bet at plus 137 on bet365. Kind of similar to how the uh, match we saw between Rune and Rude play out, except this one wasn't straight sets. But since he paused, got buried in the first two sets, it was a bloodbath. And then the third set looked like it was going to be the same story as Alcaraz got up an early break and it seemed like he was going to potentially win it comfortably, uh, probably like a 6-2 or a 6-3 in the final set. But Tsitsipas battled, and he eventually broke back while Alcaraz was serving for the match, and then it went to a breaker, but Alcaraz held on and won the tiebreak to win straight sets. So overall, nice sweep for us. Been a very good French Open for us. Of course, nothing will ever top the plus 900 underdog pick, but still... Definitely fun to sweep, and hopefully we'll keep it rolling on the women's side here for the Thursday card. Besides that, though, I know normally we try to get into the, uh, I'd say, news or anything that's worth talking about. The doubles team that I mentioned with Buskova ended up losing the round after, so if you wanted to root against them, congrats. They ended up losing after convincing the umpire to let them win by default in the previous round. Besides that, though, really not much going on in terms of tennis news. The only real story is the potential relationship between Tsitsipas and Bedoza, but to be honest, I really don't care, so that's really the only news that's worth talking about, or at least bringing up. You had the handshake situation between Svitolina and Sabalenka, but to be honest, I don't really care about that either. So yeah, I don't really have any news for any of you, but I do want to at least recap uh, what happened with the matches in the quarters more in depth for each individual match before we get into the women's side. So starting off, 
with actually I'm trying to think, should I go over the men's quarters in general this episode? Probably next episode, because we're going to be talking about the men's semis next episode. So, yeah, scratch that. Instead, we're going to talk about the women's quarterfinals and what we saw there. So starting off with the Tuesday matches on the women's side, uh, Mukova ended up winning her match. She was a favorite, so no surprise there. Uh, Mukova's looked very good so far in this event. Uh, Shout out to... Uh, the long shot opponent there who ended up making a surprising run there, but ended up losing. But Mukova got it done, and Sabalenka ended up beating Svitolina. Good for Svitolina to make it this far anyway in her first tournament since giving birth. Uh, but she ended up making it to the quarters, ended up losing, but still gave it a good run. Uh, other than that, though, moving on to the Wednesday quarterfinal matches on the women's side, you had uh, Haddad Maya, who ended up winning in a war against Jabor. In fact, she was down a set, and Jabor, I believe, was uh, on the verge of breaking at 5-5. I think she had two break points at 5-5, and then ended up not converting. Hadid, uh, Hadad Maya ended up winning the second set in a breaker, and then buried Jabor in the third set. So overall, it was definitely grim for Hadad Maya, but she ended up coming back as she ended up advancing to the semis. This really been the story of her event so far. She is been up against the wall on a couple of occasions and has risen to the occasion uh, multiple times. She has gone to three sets in every single round so far after the first round, beat Maria in straight sets, and then after that, it's been a war after war after war because she has gone to four separate three-set matches and yet survive in advance. And then you had the final match, which was between Swiatek and Goff, and Swiatek does what she does on clay, which is destroy everybody else, and she ended up winning 6-4, uh, 6-2. So overall... So far in this event, not many total shockers per se. The only shocker was Rabakina losing early, but she didn't even lose. She just got sick and had to retire or withdraw from the event. So that was more of a fluke circumstance situation. But I feel like most people expected Sabalenka to be here, and I feel like everybody expected Swiatek to be here. Hadad Maya, she's still good on clay, so that's a bit of a surprise, but still a good player. Mukova, kind of, this, kind of the same boat here, where she's ranked 43rd, so it is a bit of a Cinderella story, but she is a good overall player, so it's not a total shock that she was able to make a decent showing here. Semis might be a bit much. I think, I think most people expected her to probably lose in the round of 16 or even the quarters, but she did have a pretty favorable draw, so it's not a total shock that she ended up making it to this point. But anyway, I think it is time to get into the semis for the Thursday card. As you can tell, it's going to be a shorter episode because we only have two matches to go through. But either way, that was the brief recap of the quarters in the women's side. And now it's time to move on. So starting off with the first semifinal match between Mukova and Sabalenka. No surprise, Sabalenka is a big favorite. And to go through the actual odds here, Sabalenka's minus 300, Mukova's plus 250. The over-under's at 20 and a half. Uh, if you want to take the games here, you can get Sabalenka minus three and a half at minus 165. Mukova plus three and a half is plus 135. As for the over-under, uh, 20 and a half is the regular over-under at minus 110 on each side. 19 and a half is an alt line is minus 145 to the over. 
minus one uh, plus one fifteen for the under. And if you want to take the alt line the other way, you can get twenty one and a half overs plus one hundred five. Under is minus one thirty five. Sabalenka to win in straight sets is minus one twenty five. Mukova to win a set in this match is minus one hundred five. So looking at the actual head to head, they faced off one time. It was on hard court back in twenty nineteen. Sabalenka won in straight sets. It was seven five seven six, but it was roughly four years ago. And it was on a different surface. In other words, it means absolutely nothing. Now, Sabalenka so far has cruised. She has not dropped a single set. However, there have been two somewhat long sets. She had a matchup in the second round, which did go to a 7-5. And she did have a 7-6 set against Stevens in the first set of that match. Pretty misleading, though, because Sabalenka did lead 5 nothing in the first set in like 16 minutes. Then she blew the next five games, and it ended up turning into a war for a set, which Sabalenka won. But the point is, one of the two prolonged sets in this tournament run was her leading 5 nothing, and then punting the entire set just to win it back again. So, for the most part, Sabalenka's looked comfortable. As for Mukova, she's looked pretty comfortable as well. Uh, she did end up beating Sakari, in the first round, seven six seven five. So that was the surprise upset, uh, I'd say, match for her run. And she inherited a pretty favorable draw because she inherited the Sakari draw. But she did lose a set in the second round, and then she hasn't dropped the set since. Uh, beat Begu in straight sets, and she's really coasted ever since that point. So it is pretty difficult to fully evaluate how good Mukova has played since she has beaten... I'll just say a fair share of Cinderella stories. So to go through her actual opponents, for example, she ended up beating. I'm just going to mention some players with no particular order. She ended up beating uh, Evanesian, and that was a lucky loser who ended up making it into the third round. So, sorry, the fourth round. So the point is that even the fourth round opponent was a lucky loser who shouldn't have been in the field in the first place. I have to at least point out that Mukova's draw has been quite favorable. Of course, she beat Sakari, which is the most impressive win that you can have in that draw. But the point is, after that match, she was quite uh, lucky to face off against the lucky loser and a couple other long shot qualifiers, etc. Sabalenka, looking at the other side of the equation, has faced off against good competition. Pretty similar story, though. The first couple of rounds are nothing to write home about. Stevens, we know, has been a mess since she won her uh, Grand Slam title, but she's still very good in Roland Garros, historically speaking. And Svitolina, also tricky because she was very good in the past. Then she had a long layoff, but we know what she's capable of on clay. So the point is, you can make arguments about each pathway for the players here and how it might be a little bit more uh, vulnerable, or I should say weaker than you'd expect. But for the sake of this overall matchup, I think Sabalenka is going to win, just simply put. I think Mukova is a good player. I think Sabalenka is a great player, and that's really the difference for me. I know Sabalenka historically on clay has not been the best. She's been fine, but of course she's been particularly good on hard court. But I do think Sabalenka gets it done here. I think Mukova, at the end of the day, just doesn't have enough firepower to match Sabalenka. And I do think Sabalenka, with the 
uh, lighter balls, or I should say the fluffier balls, which has been the story of this event from an equipment perspective. I just think Sabalenka is going to have an easier time actually hitting winners. And I think Mukova is going to have to hope that Sabalenka's firepower backfires and you see a lot of unforced errors. But Sabalenka, Swiatek, and Rabakina are just so much better than everybody else on the women's tour. And with Rabakina, of course, being out because of the withdrawal situation with her illness, I just think Sabalenka and Swiatek are in line for a collision course here. So give me Sabalenka to win. I do think straight sets is worth something at minus 125. I think if I had to play it, though, I'd probably lean to the under at minus 110 if you wanted to try to get some extra value. 19 and a half at plus 115. I think it's tempting if you do think that Sabalenka just takes care of business and wins this comfortably. But I'm trying to think if I can see a world where there's a 7-5 or a 7-6 first set. Maybe Sabalenka gets off to a slow start. And at that point, you have problems. But for the sake of this overall match, I think Sabalenka is going to win. But I do think I'm going to go with... Let me just see if I could find a different price point here. If I could find three and a half games at around like minus 130, minus 140, I would definitely take that. Minus 165 does feel a little bit steep in that situation. So I am quickly trying to see if I could find a better price. I don't think I can. Most of these sets that I, most of these spreads I see on other sites are around four and a half, which is unfortunate. But I do think at the end of the day, getting Sabalenka to win in straight sets, I found minus 120. I'm going to take that. Give me arguably the second best player or the best player in the world to win in straight sets at minus 120. That does seem like a very nice price. Now, if Mukova does win a set here, would I be shocked? Not necessarily, but I have to at least point out that Sabalenka is clearly the better player. And because of that, I think minus 120 is a pretty good price. So moving on to the next match here, you have Haddad Maya against... Swiatek. Now, Swiatek is a massive favorite at roughly minus seven games at plus 106. So you can find six and a half at minus 145 or seven and a half games at plus 140. Haddad Maya, though, the other way, plus seven is minus 126. The over-under is 17 and a half uh, with the under at minus 109, the overs at minus 111. So basically even on both sides. Haddad Maya to win Six games on the personal team total is at uh, minus 115. Five or less is minus 115 as well. And Swiatek to win uh, less than 12 and a half games is minus 240. To win more than 12 and a half games is plus 190. And I mentioned some of the alt lines, but Swiatek minus six and a half games is minus 145. Haddad Maya to uh, cover plus six and a half games is plus 115. And Swiatek to win in straight sets is minus 400. Haddad Maya to win a set is plus 300. So first things first, do I think this line of minus 1600 on the money line is fair? To be honest, I really can't go against it. Swiatek is basically female Nadal on clay. And I can't go against her because Swiatek is a freight train on clay. And if you stand in front of her, you are screwed. So Haddad Maya, no offense. I'm not exactly optimistic of your chances. Haddad Maya did win the only career meeting, but that was in Toronto last year on hard court. So I can't exactly use it for the sake of this comparison because clay is easily Swiatek's best surface. Haddad Maya, I mentioned, has gone to three sets in each of the last four matches, so she might be exhausted. As for Swiatek, it has been just 
as easy as possible. No way else to describe it. Uh, it's been so easy for her. She's had time to open up a bakery uh, in the middle of her tournament because there's been a bunch of bagels and breadsticks because she has dominated to go through the actual uh, matchups here. First round, 6-4, six, 6-0. Six, Second round, 6-4, six, 6-0. Six, Third round, 6-0, six, 6-0. Zero, six, zero. Double bagel. Fourth round, 5-1. And Serenko ended up retiring. Sixth round against Coco Goff, who had looked really good in this event, 6-4-6-2. And I already mentioned Haddad Maya having a couple of three-set matches. So do I think Haddad Maya is going to win this match? Hell no. Do I think she's going to win a set? Hell no. Do I think that she's going to cover? That's a discussion, because I think seven is a lot of games. Now, if you look at how the last match played out, 6-4-6-2 is a cover. So once again, seven is a lot on the spread. And I am aware, of course, Swiatek did win the first two rounds, 6-4-6-0. But that means that she needed a bagel in the second set in order to even cover seven in the first place because the first set was close. So I think if you're going to be betting on this match and trying to make an argument for Adad Maya, you really need Swiatek to get off to a slow start. The problem there is that Adad Maya has lost the first set in each of her last three matches, so she's not getting off to good starts either. So I do think if I was going to pivot here, I might be tempted by Swiatek first set spread, but I got to find out what that is, because once again, Haddad Maya has been brutal in first set so far in this event. She's had to have several comebacks in order to win. But I do think at the end of the day, when you're looking at how these players stack up, Swiatek's a freight train on clay, and I'm not going against female Nadal. So I do think Haddad Maya, if you want to make a case for her to potentially make some noise, then she needs to get off to a fast start. I'd rather take the over, to be honest, and just hope that she ends up forcing a 7-5 or even a tiebreaker. But I think Swiatek most likely just destroys her, if I had to be honest. And I do think that Swiatek is going to win comfortably. The question is also, once again, if you're backing a Maya, in addition to facing off against the best clay player on uh, for a, uh, the best women's clay player I've seen, arguably ever, is Adad Maya going to be exhausted? And that's a great question because she might be. So I do think if I was going to look at this overall match, I'm going to take Swiatek. But the question is, can I find a way to make this appealing if you are going to actually look for Swiatek at a good price? Because once again, she's such a massive favorite. You have to find something. The first set under nine and a half games is minus 300. So once again, she's projected to completely bury this woman. Swiatek minus three and a half games in the first set is even money. So once again, it's really difficult to actually find value. If you want to take Swiatek to win the first set 6 nothing, that's plus 800, which is kind of fun. Uh, that's Sorry, that's any uh, score. If you wanted to find the exact score, I'd have to do some digging and find it. But that might be a decent price. Uh, yeah, I don't really see much here in terms of trying to find value. I'm going to dig and try to find something. I think it would probably be the under. And just hope Adad Maya gets buried in the first set 6-3 and then gets destroyed again in the second set. And Swiatek wins comfortably. But once again, you're looking at these totals here of 17.5. The spread is 7. The over-under in total games for Adad Maya is 5.5. They're really just expecting her to get put in a body bag in this match, and that is going to be make it tricky to find value. 
But long story short, I think Swiatek wins comfortably. The question is, does she win by enough in order to actually cover the seven? I think for the sake of the actual spread, I think I am going to lead to a Dodd Maya plus seven, just because seven is such an insane amount of games. And six, four, six, uh, two, once again, you still win. That's a pretty comfortable win. Six, three, six, three, you still win. Even six, four, six, three, six, two. You push. Like, I do think seven games is a lot. So I do think I am going to lean to the plus seven. I'm going to I'm gonna lean to why I take like minus six and a half and potentially the under for the games here. But once again, it's really tricky because you're trying to find value. And I'm not sure if you can truly find it because the odds makers know exactly how dominant Swiatek can be on clay. And as a result, they're giving you really, really tough choices to back her while trying to feel comfortable about it. And I do think it's kind of on that cusp. So long story short for this match, I'm going to try to dig right before, uh, right after the uh, commercial break to talk about, or at least to look for myself to see if I could find some potential angle that might promotes Swiatek getting bet on here. But for the sake of this initial breakdown, I do think seven is a lot of games, and I'm kind of leaning that way, hoping for a similar score line that we saw in the Goff match, where it's just seven where it's just six four, six two. Plus, if you want to actually look at the uh, matches once again for sorry, just looking at the schedule here for Wednesday to make sure that I got this right. It is a pretty brutal scheduling spot for Adad Maya because in addition to having the three-set comeback match, a reminder, her and Swiatek did play on Wednesday, so they don't have a day off. They gave the men a day off. So Adad Maya might be even more exhausted, which might go back to the Swiatek first set approach and hope that Adad Maya ends up just looking completely flat like uh, for example, Sissipas or Rune, and she just gets destroyed in the first set. But I do think, once again, maybe Swiatek buries her early if you want to go for a 6 nothing set in the match. I don't hate it. I'm not sure if it's going to cash, but I do think with any time Swiatek being on the court for Clay, you can make an argument. But either way, that's going to wrap it up for the actual match previews. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before we actually do that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which you can use as an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even use the opportunity to create a great middle or even hedge opportunity. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge 0% interest. Do you know of another way to access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost can be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or even monthly limits all across your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call one 800 Gambler. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of other ways to win in the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the women's semifinal matches in the French Open. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go back to Sabalenka to win in straight sets at around minus 125. Or I might have said minus 120. I think I found a 120 on bet 365. Let me just quickly confirm that. Uh, I do see a minus 120. So I'm going to go with the minus 120 for Sabalenka to win in straight sets. Simply put, I give props to Mukova for making an impressive run here. But I do think at the end of the day, Sabalenka is the second best player in the world. Arguably the third best if you want to put Swiatek and Rabakina in front of her. But she's looked really good in this tournament, simply put. Sabalenka has not dropped the set. She's looked comfortable. And I do think that once again, she's just the much better player than Mukova. She has the firepower. And I think that's going to be the story of this match. Mukova might get broken a bunch. And Sabalenka can hold, I'd say, more easily than uh, Mukova can. So I do think at the end of the day, getting Sabalenka, who's arguably the best player in the world, I would still say second best. I still think Swiatek's the best. But the point is, I think Sabalenka is the better player. So getting her to win in straight sets against a player who's ranked outside of the top 30, I think is definitely worth something here. So give me uh, Sabalenka to win in straight sets at minus 120 as my lock. And for my dog, I was trying to find something on Swiatek to take her because I do think she's probably going to bury Haddad Maya. And I think I finally found something. It's going to be the babiest dog imaginable because it is even money. But I am going to take Swiatek minus three and a half games in the first set. In other words, Swiatek to win the first set 6-0, 6-1, or 6-2. It's the same thing. But give it to me at even money. Simply put, I was going to make a case for the full match. And then I realized that with Haddad Maya being exhausted, because once again, her and Swiatek both played on Wednesday. So in addition to playing four straight three set matches. Haddad Maya doesn't even have a day off in between her quarterfinal and her semifinal matchup, which is a disastrous spot for her. And I think because of that, Swiatek's going to jump out early to a lead and bury Haddad Maya. This could get really ugly. And I think most people are expecting it to because Swiatek, once again, is roughly minus 1600 on the money line. But give me Swiatek minus three and a half games in the first set. It was tough to find a dog for the sake of the show, but I do think that Adad Maya being a really bad first set player, once again, losing the first set in each of her last four matches or each of her last three matches. I mean, sorry. I do think that once again, that suggests that she gets off the slow starts and Swiatek. She's been here before. She's won the French open before. She's a dominant clay player. I got to take her to win comfortably. I can really see a six, two, six, two type of match or something that's even worse than that. So with the lack of a day off, I think that Haddad Maya is in serious trouble. It's kind of similar to the Varia spot against Djokovic a couple of rounds ago, where he had three separate five-set matches. Congratulations, here's Novak Djokovic. And of course, we like Djokovic under in that match because we thought that Varias would be extremely fatigued. And the fact that, once again, Djokovic is one of the best players of all time, it was a really bad scheduling spot, and Varias got buried. I see a similar story here, but for the sake of finding a plus-money play, give me Swiatek, minus three and a half games in the first set at even money. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be on Sabalenka to win in straight sets at minus 120 on bet 365. And the dog for the show will be Swiatek minus three and a half games in the first set at even money on bet 365. Once again, we will be back for the men's semis 
match, which will be uh, taking place on Friday, but we will be doing the episode on Thursday. Besides that, we will also be doing an episode for the women's final and then the men's final. So a lot of French Open tennis content coming up. Also wanted to announce if you are still uh, listening to the podcast. First of all, thank you. Second of all, we did end up doing the giveaway for the 100th episode. Uh, We gave out a gift card for SGPN, or I should say... We were supposed to give out a gift card for the giveaway. The problem was I announced the winner a couple episodes ago, and the winner never claimed it. So we are officially reopening the 100th episode giveaway once again. Uh, If you need a reminder, the winner will be getting a free SGPN gift card. And the way that you enter is you leave a review either on Spotify or an Apple podcast, however you consume it, and then take a screenshot of that review and send it to me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. You can either tag me on it or just send it to me into my Twitter IMs. But either way, I will be waiting to announce the winner for the redraw, I'd say, on Sunday. So I'll, I'll give you until Sunday to actually submit your reviews and to send me a screenshot of your reviews. Don't worry, though, if you already sent a review and you did not win the initial giveaway, you are automatically re-entered into the redraw. I remember who all of you are, so don't worry about it. So if you already entered it, entered into the first one, I didn't forget about you. I remember the reviews that you left, and you will automatically be rolled over into this giveaway. So wanted to announce that before I forgot, we will be doing a redraw for the SGPN gift card. But once again, in order to enter, you have to leave a review for the podcast on Apple or Spotify, however you consume it, and send me a screenshot on Twitter. But until next time, find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. You can find me on the NBA show as well, the NFL show. I know I'll be doing an, NF- an NFL MVP preview uh, with Terrell. We'll give out some betting picks there for the MVP award tomorrow. Besides that, WNBA show and a bunch of other podcasts. But you get the point, baseball. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.